Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Bridget Spackman. And Michelle Emerson. And we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. Today's episode is all about ending the school year in an organized way. Obviously, this year is very different than what we are all used to. So we're going to be sharing some strategies for ending the school year in a digital world. But first, let's hear a TSH from a top teacher. This top teacher says, my Google Drive files are messed up all over the place. They are just sitting in my main home Google Drive, like hundreds of them. I always have to worry about that, taking my time away and pushing my tasks. How do I get all of them in folders when it takes forever? I have other things to worry about, so how do I juggle between the two? I feel like digital files can be like a silent killer. (laughs) The problem is, is we don't recognize that it's a mess because we don't see it all of the time. But it is so important for your sanity and your time to stay on top of all of your digital files. I'm going to be honest. I had some heart palpitations reading that. (laughs) I saw that. (laughs) Um, Digital files are one area of my life that I just refuse to get disorganized in. I just, I can't handle it. But I do understand that a lot of teachers struggle with this. So hopefully today's episode will help. But I also think that this top teacher may need to make, you know, Google Drive organization a summer project. It's something that he or she can work on a little bit at a time while they're like binge watching some Netflix shows. I think that's the beauty of like organizing digital files is you don't necessarily have to be in your classroom. You could be at home, on your couch, in your PJs, and just organizing away. I feel like that's my kind of organization. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just going to throw out there when it comes to like your Google Drive and you're almost like, where do I even start? Literally take everything, every single file in your Google Drive, dump it all into one folder that says like mess or something, like be completely honest Uh with yourself. And then when you have those little chunks of time, open that up and start moving those files into new folders. It kind of gives you that fresh start so that you can continue to stay organized as you add new files, but you can slowly work through all of the old files. Yeah, absolutely. So 2020, 2021 has been the year of digital, all things digital. And things have just been very different. So this means that the end of the year will be very different for us. A lot of the responsibilities that we had in the past may no longer be on our plate this year. So example, like cleaning out the supplies, handing out student papers, you know, taking up textbooks, those things you might not have to worry about. But we now have a lot more digital files to take care of and clean, clean as in quotes here, people, at the end of the school year. So if you don't take care of it now, the beginning of the school year is going to be far more difficult for you. So we've broken this episode into three main areas when it comes to digital world stuff that we feel like you really have to pay some attention to at the end of the year. So those three areas include your LMS or learner management system. I quizzed Billy on that the other day. I said, do you know what LMS stands for? And he actually got it. Nice. Yeah, I was very proud of him. So your LMS 
your digital files, which goes back to that TSH, and then your emails. So we are gonna share our top tips for organizing these areas as the school year comes to a close. Keep in mind, everyone's LMS and digital files and emails all look different. So try to adapt these tips to really work for you. You don't have to take things exactly how we're saying them. Feel free to mold them. You know, I'm picturing like a piece of clay, mold it to be able to make it work for you. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump in to that first big category, which is LMS. So just for reference here, Michelle uses Google uh, Classroom and then I use Schoology. So just kind of keep that in mind. We're going to chat a little bit about the differences between them. So the first thing that you need to do with your LMS is you're going to organize using a resource feature within whatever LMS that you're using. So for Schoology, we have a resources feature that allows us to store all of our materials from year to year, which is really, really nice. I use this feature a lot. And this past year, I have really like leaned into using this feature for creating my materials first and then like transferring it to my course whenever I'm ready to like have it posted for kids. This makes creating your course next year a lot easier, but you also need to stay organized with these materials, just like your Google Drive. So if you imagine it, it's kind of a resource folder. So imagine like a folder in Google Drive that says resources. And then underneath that, there's a bunch of other folders that you can create. So I have like a um, a math folder and reading folder, a science folder, social studies folder. And then I have like a parent communication folder for just some of these items that I know that I'm going to be sending out to parents year after year. But that has to be organized just like your Google Drive. So making sure that you're going through and sorting those materials where Ever it needs to be and creating those subcategories to ensure that you're even extra, you know, organized. So it's like the folder within the folder within a folder within a folder. It's going to save your life. I promise you. So the first thing I do is I make sure that all of my assignments and materials are placed into my resources folder. So something that I may have missed that I accidentally went on ahead and created within Schoology. And then I organize those folders into my resources based on, like I said, the family, student, teacher, breaking them down by their subjects uh, and then placing them into each of their units. Folderception. <laughs> Folderception. Folderception. That's a good one, Michelle. I've, I've used that in a previous episode, but thank Did you. Did you? Yep. Yep. Wow. Okay. Well, tip number two when it comes to your LMS is to archive instead of delete. Yes. As Bridget mentioned, we use Google Classroom and we never, ever, ever delete a classroom. I am my school's e-coach, so I'm constantly telling the teachers in my school, I'm like, archive, don't delete, archive, don't delete. Because if you do delete a classroom, you lose access to all of the files that were in there, all of the comments that you made, all of the student work, etc. So instead, we always make sure we archive the classes so we can go back and look through them if needed. Now, when you archive a class, it allows no new comments to be made, no new work can be turned in, but you can still open all of the old attachments. And you can even still reuse some of the posts from the archived classes. So this is extremely helpful for the next school year. When you archive a class in Google Classroom, it's going to take it off of your main page. So when you go to Google Classroom, you see a list of all of your classes. It's going to take it off of there and put it into your archive section. So let's just say I archive my class at the end of the year, but then something over the summer comes up and they're like, hey, 
did this student actually get this grade on this assignment? I feel like this never actually happens, but you have to be prepared for it just in case. Mm -hmm. I could still go back to that classroom and I could open up exactly what the assignment was, when they turned it in, what comments I made, all of that. So instead of deleting things, look and see if there is an archive feature. If you're using Google Classroom, you definitely have that feature. If you're using another LMS, try Googling it and see if there is an archive feature because that's going to allow you to still access everything while still having it kind of removed from your main page. Yeah. And just for reference, Schoology does archive. So we have access to all of the courses that I've used in the past like five years that I've been with this school, uh, which is really nice because sometimes we're like, oh, wait, what did we do with that one class? Because it was a great activity and I didn't have it saved to my resources. So the next thing that you need to consider is to reuse as much as possible within your LMS. So some LMSs will allow you to, to copy a class or course and reuse it for the next year. Michelle, does Google Classroom allow you to do that? Yes, you can make a copy okay. of a class. And the great thing is it will literally copy over all of your assignments and it will have them as drafts so that you can just go in and either schedule oh. them or post them whenever you want. Oh, game changer. That is so nice. Yes. Wow. Yes. <laughs> now, I cannot copy a class. Um, I can create a new class before, like over the summer. So at the start of the year or at the end of the year, I can go ahead and create my new class and set my folders up for, you know, what I'm going to be doing at the start of the year. I will most likely be using the exact same things that I used this year. So I'm just going to transfer and just like up place that into my course, which is going to be really nice. Um, so take note and create a list of these assignments that you have graded. Now we mentioned in a previous episode 065, 10 easy to implement grading hats that you can create a list of assignments that you use for your grades. So this can be a checklist or screenshots that you store in your notes, but have an idea of, okay, for this unit, I had this many grades and here was what I used for my grades. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. Here's the thing, people. We teach the same grade. We teach the same standards every year. The progression doesn't change year after year. You need to know how to add before you can multiply. What does change is how we present the information to our students. That's what you have to kind of focus on. If you have students who need differentiation, you can change that little bit of assignment and tweak it and say, well, instead of you doing six, you're going to do three problems because that's going to fit your your uh, IEP goal or your IEP uh what are they called? Like the the items that you have to kind of focus on. I can't think of the word now. Like accommodations? Yeah, thank you. Okay. So it can fit your IEP accommodations to limit the number that they do. So all of those other pieces are all the same. Um, so create a checklist or screenshots of what you used for your marking period. You can also take a note of how you organized your assignments to use for next year. I have been loving the way that I've organized out my Schoology. I think it works so well, so I plan on using this year after year. Decide right now what worked really well and what did not work at all. You may want to store some pages um, that you created either for parents or families or students and duplicate the same process for organizing your own folders. So for example, this year we use like a unit number and then a lesson number to assign tasks. So for example, I had like unit five lesson 1.1. So each lessons would have like 1.1, 1.2 to 1.5. And then we would move on to the next lesson. This was really helpful for my kids to know exactly like what order do they need to go in? I feel like it, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like it's like common core. <laughs> you know how you have yeah. like the grade, then the anchor, mm -hmm. and then like 
that's what I feel like I just did to my students. Those poor kids. All right. (laughs) That's it, guys. (laughs) Now, as we go through this episode, you may be thinking, oh my goodness, this is so much work to be doing at the end of the school year. I don't have the energy Mm -hmm. for this. The reality is (laughs) this episode is all about being proactive to make your life easier next year. And I know it's like a personal thing because some people are like, well, no, I would rather just deal with it at the beginning of the year when I'm fresh. And that's fine. If that's truly how you feel, that's fine. Personally, in my life, I have found that I really like to get as much done ahead of time as possible. I am all about making my life easier down the road. I would rather put in the work now so that later on I can make it easier. Bridget's holding, she looks like she has something to say. Go ahead. Do you... Do you make copies for the beginning of the year at the end of the year if you have copies left over? Typically, yes. Um, Obviously, the past like year, year and a half has been weird because of COVID. So, um, you know, at the end of last school year, I didn't get a chance to make copies because I was not allowed in the school. But typically, yes, I start to get some of that stuff prepared. Yeah, I remember in kindergarten, we had these like color books that we would always start the beginning of the year with was learning our colors and being able to write with them. And so we would have these cute little they look like crayons, but for each one, it was like a different color and it had a song with it. Girl, let me tell you, the end of the year, I was making copies. I wanted that stuff done. And I leaned on my parents so Mm -hmm. hard at the end of the year. I would send these copies home and bless those parents. They would sit there and cut out all of these booklets so that I was prepared for next year. It saved me so much. And I felt like the beginning of the school year wasn't as stressful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And we're about to move on to digital files. And so this is something where like, obviously a parent can't help you with it. But going back to the TSH, keep in mind, this could be like a summer project. You don't have to have it done before the end of the year. It could be something you slowly work on in the middle of the summer while you're watching Netflix. So moving on to digital files, tip number one is to create a place for everything. Do you have files? Be real with me for a second. Do you have files sitting in your Google Drive that you have not filed, meaning you have not put them into a folder? If so, you need to either put them in a folder or if you're like, yeah, but it doesn't go in any of my folders. Okay, make a new folder. Every single file should be inside of a folder. So when you open your Google Drive, you should only see folders. Now, if you want more information on this, make sure you check out episode 068, Google Drive, the what, why, and how for teachers. We talk more in detail about this. But For example, if you created any new resources for virtual or hybrid learning, you may want to have a separate folder for all of those. So when all of this started last spring, I created a, what did I call it at the time? Distance learning. I feel like that was the first like buzzword. So I had a distance learning folder. Well, then when I realized oh, this is not going away. We are going to continue with this throughout the year. I ended up changing it to virtual learning. And then within there, I created a folder for last school year and I created a folder for this school year. So I was able to kind of adapt my organizational system in order to fit what I needed. So your organizational system may need to change from year to year, depending on your circumstances or what you're teaching. This is the perfect time to make those changes or even start preparing for next year. I think about two years ago, I had to teach reading, which 
<laughs> when I think back to that time, there she not goes her sound effects. Her yep. sound effects. <laughs> yep, I talked about that two episodes ago. Where like if something's good, I always go oof, and then if something's bad, I go bleh. So that was a bleh. And when that happened, I had to now create a new folder to house all of those files. So if you go into my Google Drive, you're gonna see I have a folder for fourth grade. So it has some of those general like forms and things that I send out to parents and conferences and SLOs and all that. I then have one for each subject. So I have a math folder, a science folder, a social studies folder, and then I had to create a reading folder as much as I did not want to. Then when you go into that folder, I then have a folder for each different unit. And then within each unit, I have a folder either for each lesson, it kind of depends on how that's, that subject is structured, or the different materials. So within like my ELA slash reading folder, I had one section for like my explicit comprehension lessons and then one for IRA and so on and so forth. So just keep in mind as you create these folders, if you want them to be in a specific order, you can always use numbers. So Google Drive is going to automatically list them alphabetically. So for example, if I want, um, let's say, reading to come before science, because typically QRS, yeah, reading would come before science. Oh, Okay, then if I want it the other way, if I want science to come before reading, I could actually put a number in front of them. So I could label it like number one, science, number two, reading within the folder. And it would help to list those in the exact order that I want them to be in. The next tip that we have for you is to designate applications for each file type. So hear us out for a little bit. Digital files can just be overwhelming in general. And for me, when I first started really going digital, there were so many different applications that were out there. And it was like, I was getting like shiny object syndrome with all of these, with these apps. And I'm like, Ooh, this app will do this for me. And this app will do this for me. And so you have like this abundance of applications that are trying to draw you and say, Hey, come and use me because I'm awesome. And it's great. Um, so Here's what we're asking you to do over the summer is to decide on where files are going to be. So instead of storing all of your materials in one area or having like a little um, like on your desktop and then some in your notes and then others in your Google Drive, take the time and decide what file types and then de designate those to a specific application. So here's an example. I think Michelle and I both like to have notes app as like our brain dumping area. Mm -hmm. um, it is a spot where we like to throw all of that information. We'll take meeting notes. We have things that we share with one another are in there. Now, when we are doing things that are specifically either for our students or things for our business, like when we record these podcasts, they all go inside of Google Drive. So I already know like, oh, if I'm working on an outline with a podcast, I know exactly where to go for that. It's going to be in Google Drive because that file type has been designated for that application. Um, there are also certain things that I will use for like notability and GoodNotes. I love GoodNotes, but then I also have notability because my students don't have GoodNotes. I personally am a GoodNotes person. So in order to stop the confusion uh, between trying to just use GoodNotes and then my students have notability and they're like, but that doesn't work in, in, in notability. I can't do that. 
what I've done is I've now used GoodNotes for my planner. And then I will also use GoodNotes for um, like anything that I'm doing for grad school or if I'm holding some of my business files, for example, I have like a cheat sheet for bridging literacy that will go inside of GoodNotes. But then anything that's anchor related, like anchor charts or examples for students, like if I'm doing like a notes page, it's gonna be in Notability. So I have very specific purpose for every single type of application that I have out there. And it makes it so much easier to be able to organize. But here's the thing, you do need to organize those applications with those specific materials. Um, So move materials where they need to go and begin looking through some of the items that you need to purge. Ask yourself, do I need to keep this anchor chart or practice problem for the next year? Or can I just go ahead and throw it away? Store these in folders for the year, subject area, and then the unit. I think that's a really good way to kind of scaffold it and move it so that you're not constantly trying to look for it and get everything confused. And that brings us to tip number three for digital files. Purge your old files that you aren't using. Just like we purge papers in our filing cabinets or binders, we have to do the same with our digital files. Here's the thing, when things are digital, it makes it really easy just to hold on to them because you're like, oh, well, it doesn't take up space, like physical space, so I can just hold on to it. However, it's going to become more difficult to find what you need if your files are cluttered with things you aren't using. I know when I kind of transitioned to using Google Drive, I had a lot of old like PowerPoint files in there. And then I slowly started changing them over to Google Slides, but I still had the PowerPoint. And finally I was like, why am I holding on to both? Like I do not need both. Mm -hmm. And I started just deleting the old PowerPoint files. If you are using Google Drive, which again, we highly recommend, there is actually a feature where you can view the details of that file or folder and you can see when it was last opened, when it was created, when it was last modified, and that is a game changer. It kind of makes me think about the little like hack for your closet where Mm -hmm. you start the year with all of your hangers backwards and as you wear the clothing item, when you put it back, you hang it up normal. So at the end of the year, any hangers that are still backwards, that means you did not wear that article of clothing throughout the year and you can get rid of it. So on Google Drive, if you right click on the folder and then you click view details, it's gonna open up like a little sidebar on the right hand side. You can then view the date or time, well date and time, you can view both, that it was created, when it was last opened, and when it was last modified. So you can do this with folders, you can do this with individual files, My suggestion to you would be if you have not opened it in the past two to three years, get rid of it. You don't need to keep it unless it just so happens to be like maybe maybe there's a certain assessment and you only give it once every three years or something. I don't know. Something like that. Sure. Keep it. But otherwise, get rid of it. Also go through and double check, do you have any duplicates of files or do you have files that you've updated? Like I mentioned with PowerPoint and Google Slides, you can delete those duplicates or the older files that you're no longer using. And then you can always add items to the starred section of your Google Drive that maybe you want to revisit over the summer or update. So if you have an older file and you're like, oh yeah, I still use that, but I kind of want to give it a little facelift, add it to your starred section. So then over the summer, when you have those little pockets of time, you can slowly start updating those files. The final category that we're going to talk about today is going to be 
your email. So the first tip that we have for you is to start sorting and purging through email folders. And so this means that you start looking and beginning through kind of the various email folders that you have like on the side. I have so many email folders. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. And I remember kind of that whole when I had like distance learning email folder from (laughs) March of of 2020 and it was like oh this is like for real so we're gonna keep just move that folder right over to the next year (laughs) Um, but then you also want to decide on emails that you need to keep and begin trashing some of those items that you don't want to keep you also need to organize through the emails that you need for reference so I have a lot of emails that I think I just use for reference materials whether it be like they have like different codes to be able to gain access to like Uh, various online sources, or if it's just information like pages that I know I'm going to print out and just use over and over and over again, I like to have those as a reference. Um, So you really have two options. Here's going to be your first one. You can move the emails to a folder labeled with the school year, or you can keep your organized folders and move them to a folder for that new school year. Does that make sense? So for me, and I think Michelle and I are very opposite in this, um, I will actually take all of my folders once I go through them and I clean them out and purge them, um, I will go ahead and just move those folders into a school year folder. And then I will create new folders for this upcoming school year that I know I'm going to have. So for example, IEP, GIEP, parent communication, student emails, meeting information, I know those are going to be the ones that I have. So those are the ones that I'm going to go ahead and create. Michelle, you do it a little bit different. Yep. I'm the exact opposite. Um, I have been using the same folders, like those main categories mm-hmm. for the past several years. What I do is I go through each folder and I decide, you know, okay, I'm going to delete these emails, but I need to keep these. Typically, I'm not keeping that many emails. So what I do is I then make a new folder for the school year. So at the end of this year, I'm going to make a folder that says 2020-2021 school year. And any emails from each individual folder that I want to keep, I move it into that school year folder. So my main category folders are all the same year to year. I just move individual emails into the school year folder. I feel like this is confusing to explain over a podcast, but I know, (laughs) I know we're doing our best here. (laughs) Um, So we're very opposite in that, but go ahead. Here's the point. The big just aha moment is just to clean out through all of your folders that you have um, under your email. Make sure you purge the ones you have. Make sure to find a way to keep the ones that you need to have for the next year. Or if you just are like me and you're like, ooh, I keep every single parent communication ever (laughs) because I never want to get rid of it in case, you know, they were to come back from like some IEP meeting because they take them to court essentially, which has happened before. And it's like, I need to have my materials ready to go saying, yep, I've communicated with this family multiple times. So it just kind of covers my tuckus. Um, Now, here is a really, really big one that I think a lot of us will tend to forget. Delete your delete folder. <laughs> so make sure that you go up, free up some space and delete the delete folder once you are totally done so that you're not getting some of those notifications saying that you're getting to the point where your your storage is full. Tip number two is to end the year with a zero inbox. Let's first address what is a zero inbox. So a zero inbox is when you have 
zero emails in your inbox. It's literally what it sounds like. So if you were to open up your email right now, having a zero inbox would mean every single email has either been deleted, archived, or put into a folder. So in order to create a zero inbox, you need to make sure that you have a folder for any new categories that you may need. So for example, if you're getting a bunch of emails that have to do with the end of the year, do you need to create an end of the year folder so that you can put them in there and get them out of your inbox? You also need to double check your spam folder. So go through, most likely you can just delete them Mm -hmm. all, but double check that any emails have not gotten accidentally marked as spam and you've been missing something. You also can go through and unsubscribe to emails that you no longer want to receive. You know what I'm talking about. Those emails that you delete without even opening them. And you're like, when did I even get signed up for this email list? Go ahead and unsubscribe. So if you open up the email, you know, the ones you typically just delete, open it up. And if you scroll down to the very bottom, somewhere there will be a button that says unsubscribe or I no longer want to receive these emails or something along those lines. Usually it's kind of hard to find and typically that's done on purpose. It'll be like kind of grayed out, but I guarantee you that button is somewhere. Once you click it, it will allow you to opt out of the emails. And even though it's such a little thing and you're like, well, I don't mind just deleting them. Over time, you're, you're, really wasting time, like deleting all these emails. So if you can just unsubscribe, it's going to save you a couple seconds here and there, which over time adds up to a lot of time. Yeah, absolutely. The final tip that we have for you is to create an automatic reply for the summer. So if you receive any parent admin teacher like emails over the summer, you can have an automatic reply that says that you are on summer vacation. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. So you guys, here's the thing. You shouldn't have to respond to these emails over the summer if you don't want to. So you can go to your email service provider settings and then find the automatic reply section. Google Um, Google it if you're just not really sure where to find it. There is an answer out there on the web, we promise. And then you can say something like, thank you so much for reaching out to me through email. It is currently summer break and I am out doing yada yada. No, I'm just kidding. Don't put that part in there. But it is currently summer break for, and you can list your school name and the district here until whatever date that it is when you are supposed to return. And then you can say all emails will be responded to at that time. Enjoy the rest of your summer. Um, I have a someone that I have been working with that I can't really say anything about yet, but their emails are really nice because she will actually insert in there and say, hey, I'm out doing this. Um, if I have a chance to read emails, I will respond to you. But if not, then it's going to be on this date, which is just a really nice way of kind of saying, listen, I'll get to it if I want to get to it, but I don't have to get to it. So it's up to you. But just remember, you do not have to reply to all of these emails. You don't need to look at your email. You don't need to acknowledge the icon on your computer um, because it is your time to relax and rest up so that you can get prepared for the next school year. I usually like to include in my automatic reply a person or a phone number or an email that they can get in contact with if it's an emergency. So I'll say, you know, I'm going to respond to emails when I return on this date. But if it's an emergency, please reach out to this person. That that way, I feel like it takes out all of the guilt. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's a great idea. I like that idea. So that is it. Those are our top tips for ending the school year in a digital world. 
Who would have thought we'd be making a podcast episode on it? But here we are. Uh, Don't forget, if you are ready to just further dive into the world of digital, you can purchase our digital planner for the 2021-2022 school year. It's now available in our store at www.teachingonthedouble.com slash store. You can explore some different options that we have. You can get yourself some digital stickers. And we promise once you go digital with your planning, you won't go back. And while you are on our website purchasing our digital planner and stickers, then you can check out the TSH section and submit your time sucking hurdle. We want to know what is sucking up all of your time. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can get notified every time we drop for our next episode, which happens every Thursday morning. And make sure to leave a review over on iTunes. We enjoy reading all of your comments uh, and hearing from your like just feedback. It's always great. It makes our hearts flutter. So until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.